0: The pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's his thing. His game, his whole career. By looking at him smiling, we go, My bad. Bad. <laughs> the long two. Bad. Bad. <laughs> bad. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are a Carmelo Anthony podcast. And can I add an, an addition here? I know I'm interrupting in the mid of this opening. Uh, we're also, I would say, a Chris mid-range Dilton shot. I don't How get good? it. No, not good, <laughs> not good. There's, I saw some tweet uh, that, God damn it, what was it? it they had a name. For this Chris mid-range. I think it was just Chris mid mid-range or something like that. Uh, okay. Which I was like, you know what? i can I, chris chris middleton did wonders this finals uh shooting that mid-range shot and in fact won the finals uh late in that game on a mid-range shot <laughs> natty how are you doing after watching the milwaukee
1: bucks take home a championship last night congratulations wisco congratulations yeah. milwaukee go fucking bucks right on I'm tired and I'm hungover. I watched <laughs> the game in the city with my brother last night and nice. subways did not agree to get me home swiftly, which is totally fine. <laughs> the subways keep you humble. That's a good thing. That's what they're I there for. Didn't get to sleep till around three, three thirty. Oh I was home at one or two. It was like, all right, well, I'm just going to have a beer and like read about the game and see what people said. Uh, and I was just so pumped up. It was such a fucking incredible game. The Suns were winning at halftime.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. They were the, well. The halftime. Bucks. The Bucks were up like thirteen at, at one right. point in the first, and then yeah. Then the Suns came back, took the lead at half, which everyone was immediately, uh, you know, pointing out the similarities between Game Four or sorry Game Five. In which the Bucs did exactly that to the Suns, where the Suns had a big lead in the first. The Bucks came back and took a small lead, in going into halftime, and then ultimately they won on the Giannis uh and one. And this, it was it was crazy how much I kept saying I kept feeling this during the game. I didn't want to point it out to Becca, my wife. Becca <laughs> is a very superstitious woman, uh, and uh, and while her Milwaukee Bucks fandom is is new, it it came on strong. It was there in spades, uh, during this playoff run. Um, and so I, I, I no don't mean more I, passionate than a convert. It's Get true. It's true. I try not to upset her with my little observations that, you know, could p- potentially lead to losses or, or could come back to bite me if the team <laughs> lose, but lost. But, uh, one You're of like, the things I was,
1: Bud do that, she's like, shut the
0: fuck that. up right <laughs> now or leave. Um, it was amazing to me how much the game felt like the Bucks were just like running away with it. And yet it was always like a one or two point game in, in that second half.
1: My man, the Suns won the second quarter, 31 to 13. My brother and I kept looking at each other after the first quarter and we're like, how are the Suns winning? What happened? Like, what's going on? Devin Booker was 0 for 7 from 3. In this game, like it, we were astonished that the Suns had such a dominant second quarter after the Bucks having such a dominant first. And you're totally right. This has been a series where changes happen quickly and then you don't know if they will last. So it was like two different games in the first half. And then the second half. The Giannis second half, the up.
0: third quarter, Giannis just decided I am the best player on planet Earth dropped 20 points, went six or 10 from the field, seven for seven from the line. And I think that I I, I was trying to, for for the longest time last night, I was trying to figure out exactly how to phrase this amazing tweet I had batting around in my head. Basically I want to do some variation of like Giannis woke up and chose violence, but he (laughs) woke up and just decided, (laughs) he just decided, he was like, I am I can shoot free throws now like he just he he came into this game somehow with the mentality of, of he mentally wields himself to just be like this game is I am we are winning the Bucks are winning game six I am not letting this game this series go to a game seven 17 for 19 from the from the line that's in 17 for 19 Pete. That's fucking unreal for a man who was shooting like 50% from the free throw line throughout the, throughout the playoffs. He just, in the game that matters 90% from the line. uh, And then of course, you know, 14 rebounds, he had five blocks, which he just, I just felt he, I felt like he blocked even more than five. I thought, I thought he was like about to have a triple double with five with blocks. Yeah.
1: Like several of them were called goaltending and like, he fucking cares anyway. And he didn't care. He was like, No. no, No, if I can like- not, if I can keep it from not going into the bucket, I'm gonna do that. I don't fucking care if you get points.
0: Right. Fifty. And then of course he dropped fifty points because seventeen
1: of nineteen. It's absurd. It's absolutely it's the absurd. craziest goddamn thing that's happened since Trump was elected. Like <laughs> it is astonishing on a level that. NBA diehards sort of get and the casual fan does not because they're like oh well he just had you know he rose to the moment and he had a good shooting night and you're like no 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 no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. fucking understand <laughs> like this wasn't an Achilles heel this was everyone's Achilles heel put in Giannis's body it was why people thought that they couldn't advance because Giannis would be a negative in the fourth quarter at the end of the game, because you could just follow him and he would miss them. He like, I've almost never seen anything like that before in my life. And when's the last time you saw someone do that? Something like that. It's like, I'm not able to do this. Oh, this one important game. That's the biggest game ever. Now I can. He shot 55%
0: from the free throw line in every other game. This playoffs. Yeah. It's like Vinatieri (laughs) sucked. And then in the Super
1: Bowl he made all a hundred
0: percent. That's exactly it. That's exactly what it is like. It is like, if, yes, if Adam Venateri made like 50% of his free throws or percent 50%, 50%, 50% of his field goals, 50% of his kicks throughout the season, throughout the playoffs. And then, Come the Super Bowl, he drills every single one of them, and you're just like Adam Vinatieri is playing out of his fucking mind right now, and that's what it was. It's it's utterly absurd, and it, and it's I don't know if it's I don't know exactly what that proves. Like I don't know if it proves that like these players who can't shoot free throws, it's like a mental block more than it is like a physical thing, um, and and you just need to like somehow drown out the mental block I don't know if it was just a fluke thing like is Giannis now going to be able to shoot 70 percent from the line he shot 60 on the season this year like is he suddenly has he found his stroke or was this just like he blacked out Jesus took the wheel and he went fucking 17 for 19 from the free throw line and won
1: won the game because of that a hundred percent and he took forever with his free throws earlier in the postseason. Like, he's always- Nothing changed in his throws. routine. And then they started calling him on it, and it was, like, a big deal. It was like, well, he takes five minutes. You know, it's yeah. like a fucking relief pitcher that stalks around the mound. It's And he came back from that. Like, Russell Westbrook, infamously, they changed the free throw rules so he couldn't walk to half court before he took right. a free throw. And it fucked with his free throws. And when Yamas encountered adversity- With his free throw rhythm, I guess you should call it, even though like a long pause doesn't seem like it's a rhythm thing, but whatever, you know, people were counting down, you know, it was a really big deal because it illustrated how much the refs can actually affect a game. You know, it's like they're counting slower when people take free throws and it's like, all right, well, if you were counting the way that everybody does, then maybe all of this is different. But whatever, it's it is out of this goddamn world. Like the mental stuff, every, you always hear that like people make their free throws in practice and like in the gym, and. Then you also always hear how big guys with, or just dudes with huge hands, it's harder to shoot free throws because, right? You know, like Dwight Howard has basically started
0: taking his, I remember there was a time when he was starting to take his free throws like almost, almost like from the three point line, just because that was like the distance that he needed. That was a bit, then, then like dude, the free throw
1: line was too close. It's a free throw is a bizarre way to shoot a basketball when everything in your body is telling you to jump. Like basketball yeah. is about jumping. It's about dunks. It's about layups. It's about jump shots. All of that includes leaving your feet. It's a weird thing. And then when you have big ass hands, you know you can't hold them in. You can't hold the ball in the way that like everyone's taught. You know where it's because your hands are covering the entire. Your ball. hand is the ball, right? Yeah. So for whatever reason, Giannis was able to rise to the occasion, which is the mark of a player that it has ascended. Like okay. when you grab yeah. the moment like this, that's when you become history. That's when yeah. you become glory. I, when you, you know, become the face of the league bad. to all he of those is, who say he can't be this series before last night's game, this playoffs, everyone was sort of talking about like, Oh, it's a war of attrition. You know, it's just sort of the last team standing, which is absolutely true. However, after last night's game, people's perception of Giannis has changed. And now people are saying like, yeah, he's the best player in the NBA, even though he can't shoot threes, which is right. what the entire new NBA is built around. Uh, by the way, there were at least two non-shooters on the floor for the Bucks for like the entire game. Like PJ Tucker can't make threes anymore. PJ Tucker didn't make a single bucket. (laughs) Right, he took (laughs) one attempt. It was a three. It clanged. Yeah, I think he still had a plus. Oh, he did. He was Uh, like plus thirteen or something like that. Yeah, he was. He was plus thirteen.
0: He He had the he was the highest. He had the highest plus minus out of the entire game.
1: And the fact that this was a series of finals and fuck asterisks. Like this is what happened, oh, yeah. scoreboard. The fact that it had occurred with one team, not playing old school, but trying to play as efficiently as possible. And the most efficient shots in the NBA remain shots at the rim. Right. That shot in the restricted area is still the most efficient. The math helps you when you can sink threes But like I said earlier, Booker was 0 for 7. Like, the Suns were... Well, it's how how the Rockets have got... You know, it's
0: how that, like, Dream Harden Rockets team would kept getting bumped. It's because if you just can't hit threes, and that's what your whole game is built
1: around. And and Um, Harden's not some, like, Steph Curry. Like, he hits, like, 38% rather than, like, over 40. You know, like, maybe even down to 35. The Suns were 6 for 25 from 3. The Bucks were 6 for 27. Neither team shot well. (laughs) Like the Suns were 16 of 19 from the line. The Bucks were 25 of 29. And again, 19 of those were Giannis. Uh, the Suns had six offensive boards. The Bucks had 11. And the first half, it was, I, I was like, is the ball wet? Is the court wet? There were all these turnovers. There were yeah. 32 total turnovers in that game last night. Like people were just losing the ball. They yeah. were. They were slipping and sliding on the floor. It was fucking crazy.
0: It was, oh my gosh! I'm just looking at numbers right now. Giannis, during the playoffs, thirty points, twelve point yeah. eight rebounds, yeah, five assists, two one steal, one one and a half blocks. Like it, the guy is just so good, Dude, and, and, shooting
1: and, like over sixty f- yeah. percent, field goal percent. And like- we talked
0: about this. We talked about this before we hit before we started the show. He also just like cemented himself as just everyone's like everyone's favorite player in the NBA. Who's not on their team. Like you just cannot hate this person. His post-game interviews are uh, incredible to say the least. Like he, he, as soon as he wins, he runs out and finds family and hugs them. And he just sits down then on the bench and like kind of cries and like takes this moment in and is just like absolutely driving then spends the evening driving around trying to get free chick-fil-a uh driving around milwaukee for free chick-fil-a like the man is just he is he is absolutely killing it he gave a massive called out uh super teams and and did it the right he you know he did it the hard way and they fucking did like it's Giannis, Giannis has, uh, this is, this was the year of Giannis. And I think we are all better for it. Not the MVP, by the way,
1: just want to no, say that. Real just fact. throwing
0: that out there. Not the just MVP. It out there because he already won it two years in a row. So can't be a third. Right. So here's. No, question. no, no, no shade to Jokic. Cause Jokic was also fucking amazing.
1: We so. obviously love the Joker and I hope he's having a fucking great time over in Europe, but get real. Are you out of your goddamn mind? (laughs) Giannis destroyed for like a, for like 20 minutes from the second into the third Giannis had like 90% of the points that Milwaukee scored. And he didn't really score that much in the first quarter because he was trying to get everybody else going. Right. And well,
0: he still dropped 17, but yes.
1: But he was, he was like, not deferring, but it was like, let's get, you know, like, I'm, I'm penetrating. Let's get you the ball. Like, oh, yeah.
0: Drew get- Holiday yeah. went one for 11. Chris Middleton, three for eight. Wow. Damn. Brooke Lopez, two for five. Like, yeah. he And then, and then he came, comes out, <laughs> comes out in quarter three and goes six for 10 and just decides that everyone else can't shoot worth of shit. Uh, I do have to say, and we will talk about the Suns because I think there's lots also to be talked about this team. Um, But before we finish up with the Question mark. Quick shout out to, to first to Brooke Lopez who had like a two minute segment portion of the game where he just was like the best player on the court. And, and I tweeted That's out Brooke Lopez for MVP. For yeah, He he dunked on Aiton and then had this like highly contested floater <laughs> that he made. Uh, so Brooke Lopez, shout out to him for like being the best player on the court for two minutes, but real shout out. The star of the game, the only person who could have topped Giannis in terms of raw star power for this game, motherfucking Bobby Portis, man. Mm. Holy shit. Mm. Bobby Portis, uh, multiple highlights. Uh, Six for 10 from the court, two for five from three, scored 16 points. His eyeballs were absolutely everywhere, and uh, everyone loved to see that. But my favorite portion was – At some point, I think it was in this either in the third or the fourth, some call goes against CP3. CP3 wants to run over and talk to Scott Foster, and Bobby Portis like legit stops him like a bouncer, and it's just like, No, you can't do that. CP3 throws like a a tantrum, and Bobby Portis is just smiling at him, smiling, grinning ear from ear. Inches taller than yeah, it was that bounce play. Gorgeous. Uh, Oh my God. Absolutely. A beautiful moment. Bobby Portis stole my
1: heart. and He got a tech for skipping down for the court. skipping down the court. And every single person, like everyone I know from Wisco, oh. I was immediately texting them like, that's the funniest thing I've seen in a basketball game in a long time. He went the entire length. The of entire the court. court. At the other end of the court. And of course you get teed up when you go that far. Like they right. were going to give him a few steps. Right, right, right. He run around the goddamn court. He, oh my god, what an, and I was so pissed when Bud wouldn't put him back in. Like he played early on in the game and they went on a run, and then you didn't see him again for such a long time while the Suns were coming back. It was infuriating. Right. I, I was like, This is why the Suns will win because the Bucks did something dumb. And yep. you know, they're just so stubborn. Um the graphic of Giannis when he was drafted versus oh, this my year, god. It was like Steve Rogers before he stepped into the chamber and after when he stepped out as Captain America. Like 100%, that was- He was- 100%. So, it was insane. I Like, I couldn't fucking believe it. He grew three inches. He put on 60 pounds. He put on you 60 fucking pounds of muscle. Right, and it's muscle. Like he just looks, it was, it was two different people. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like- Right, you were drafted really young and- Well, and that's the thing too, died. like- you I were like Paul George's height when you were drafted. Right. Like, I, I also like, there are
0: many people- Giannis, if you when you look at that picture it is it is a true he looks like Tayshon prince man like you can't you can't look at that picture and be like like yes he was he was he was very talented lots of potential you can't fault any team for passing on Giannis because no one knew this man was going to average
1: like seven and fucking-
0: three in his first year right Jim. right like right. come on like you can't he wasn't going to, no one knew he was going to like just basically uh evolve into the hulk and be this just, like, absolutely monstrous human.
1: Just Wait, can I piggyback off that point real hell fast? Hell yeah. Go. Okay, this is my favorite collection of stats for this finals run. Okay. These are the players on the Bucks in ascending order of total playoff minutes played this season and where they were drafted. Okay, so Dante Divincenzo, Di who got hurt, yeah, but he played the tenth most minutes in the playoffs for the Milwaukee Bucks this year. He was drafted seventeenth overall. Jeff Teague, who Jeff fucking did Teague, not cover Boston Celtics legend. I mean, fuck, like, ouch. Uh, ninth most minutes in these playoffs total. He was drafted nineteenth overall. Bryn Forbes, undrafted. He, you didn't see him again, you know after he had that one series, but like he helped get them there. Bobby Portis, drafted twenty second overall. Pat Connaughton, who went zero for four last night, I believe.
0: Pat Connaughton was a minus uh, twenty, I think. Was his? But he had
1: two offensive rebounds. And when you're in that sort of game and you're letting Pat Connaughton get, get off, it, like that's, you're just giving those points away. That's yep. how bad the Suns were on the glass on that end. But anyway, so Pat Connaughton, second rounder, drafted 41st over overall 4 one. Brooke Lopez drafted 10th overall in the first round. PJ Tucker, Round two, number 35 overall. Giannis, who was injured for two games after hyperextending his knee and then coming back and played better, so maybe everyone should hyperextend their knees from now on. Uh, he missed two games in the Atlanta series. The Bucs won both of those games, by the way. Go Chris Middleson, go Drew, go Brolo. Giannis was, as you said, drafted 15th overall in the first round the second most playoff minutes for the bucks drew holiday drafted 17 overall and by the way i've never seen someone fight through screens so hard i don't think then i've seen it like he he fought through every single screen drew he holiday would... the, the the
0: i don't know if it was just because he was putting too much energy onto into his defense but Man, that his defensive presence was felt from like game. We talked about this after our our game one podcast where we were just like, Drew Holiday has to be like glued to either Devin Booker or CP3. And he was from there on out and he did a tremendous job for the rest of the series. The reason, by the way, he followed our advice. So, you know, so we're we are basketball NBA coaches and we are highly intelligent.
1: The reason they got drew was because Eric Bledsoe had no offense.
0: Yeah. Bledsoe
1: was there for his defense and provided nothing in terms of any kind of offense whatsoever. And then drew comes in and his offense, he had one game, like he had maybe three games in the playoffs where it was fine. And it's like, he had one spectacular 20 plus point game, but his defense was so much better. It was constant, persistent, tenacious, stubborn, like violent at times. Like he's throwing hips like Robert Ory, you know, like it was incredible to watch, especially because the dichotomy, like the comparison between his elite defense and his totally shitty offense. Like he was four for 19 last night. He was four for 19 and he you could still see how he helped win that game because of how elite his defense was like that's incredible that is just absolutely amazing because i i would have thought you would needed some offense that's why they made that trade and then it ends up being like whatever uh anyway so he's played the second most playoff minutes for the bucks chris middleton has played the most playoff minutes for the Bucs this year second round pick Number 39 overall. Pete, the guy who was drafted highest on this team is Brooke Lopez, drafted 10th. Okay. When's the last fucking time a team won without a top nine pick? Without a top five pick. Like this is do you do you have an answer? Do you know advertisement? It? No, because okay. I
0: I mean, I'm going
1: do- back through my head on the train for an hour and right, a half. And right, Like, well, LeBron's in all of the finals. Like, right, so exactly. That- so he's all. And like, yeah. I didn't go through the Suns because DeAndre Ayton was number one pick, and then right, like right. Football, like Booker fell, but um, Mikael Bridges was a lottery pick. Um, and the, you know, it's the, the point. The point there. certainly like, is, is this point certainly stands for the Bucks, though. The best player was drafted outside of well he was drafted 15th and then oh. like there's Bobby Portis fucking number 22 Pat Connaughton second round pick PJ Tucker 35 Chris Middleton who again played the most minutes for the champion bucks who was a throw in a disregarded nothing in the pistons bucks trade Brandon Jennings, Brandon Knight, like, oh my gosh, it is. They and Middleton and Giannis have been there for, I think, eight years together. And the fact that neither of those dudes was a high pedigree pick and they won the finals together is so impressive and brilliant advertising for the NBA because it's like, hey man, Tom Brady exists here too. Like, you it's yeah. draymond green you don't yeah, need yeah. to be a top 10 pick in order to win like hard work and you know luck with place sort of right. you know like the kings have had a lot of high picks and they can't do anything but it's like if you're in the right place at the right time then magic can happen and the fact that those i mean the bucks won like less than 20 games i think Giannis's first year and now at the end of the tunnel, at the top of the mountain, ascendant. You can make a great argument that Giannis, at 26, who is younger than most of the historic players that have won the finals, younger than LeBron, I think, younger than MJ, uh, he's maybe the most valuable player again in the NBA. Because again, no load management, hyper-extended his knee, can't shoot threes, can't shoot free throws, stupid coach, no one else is on the team. <laughs> Drew Holiday can't shoot. Chris Middleton's a second round pick. Like there's it is totally legit and accurate to say that this fi- that this playoffs was a war of attrition. But every playoffs is its own story. Every season is its own story. It doesn't make the championship less legit because it's always in context. Like this team had the best record in the nba two years in a row then last year they didn't this year sorry this season they didn't give a shit they decided to sacrifice some games to experiment with their schemes so okay but they've also been in the playoffs they've played as many games almost as like everybody else so as like the lakers and all the people that go to the playoffs deep in the playoffs all the time so like should be tired too and they're still here it is so so impressive. If Kevin Durant's gigantic goddamn foot, his massive big toe are just a little bit farther away from the line than the Bucks aren't here.
0: yeah it, You
1: know, there's so many things that like Giannis hyperextended his knee. Yeah,
0: Giannis way. could have everyone was just like Giannis tore his ACL. This is it. We're done.
1: And then the Bucks win too and Giannis comes back and he's like, "Oh, actually by the way, I learned some valuable lessons." No, I actually how
0: learned to how to football. shoot free throws, but I'm going to save that for game 6.
1: There was so much traveling and like Euro, Euro, Euro steps in last night's game too. But, you oh, know, yeah. they followed the whistles on some of that. But it was just the matchup was advantageous to the Bucks because yeah. at a certain level, the Suns just can't match the size. It's Aiton and then Frank the Tank. God bless him. You know, he, he had his, his moment too. Night. He had his moment. Exactly. Totally. And they needed him out there. They really fucking. Oh, yeah. Like he gave them
0: good minutes. And the fact that like Twitter was applauding the fact that they are like even not only Twitter, but like Mark Jackson and and Jeff and Gundy. And they were like, it's great that Frank Kaminsky is giving them. minutes. like, well, that's a terrible sign for the Suns. Like it it is rough that that like you're celebrating uh, the Frank the Tank minutes. All right. Let's talk about let's talk about. uh, Wait, can I say one
1: last thing? Sorry. Oh, you're just killing my saucy transitions okay, I know go. I'm so sorry about this but I just I needed to say this okay Bogdan Bogdanovich made the wrong oh. decision <laughs> he made the wrong decision that he Think did about this team with Bogdan and his playmaking too like yeah. that's all I want to say okay all away. you want to say sorry. okay
0: you ready Showtime. I feel like any conversation about the Suns and what the Suns do next from this can only start with the fact uh, that the Suns were up 2-0 and then Chris Paul returned and then they went 0 for 4.
1: So do they want Chris Paul? In what spirit are you asking me that?
0: (laughs) Do the Suns want Chris Paul in 2022?
1: Okay, cool. That's much more helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, listeners of this pod might notice that neither of us like Sarver too much, the owner of the Suns. He has been shown to be cheap and also make bad decisions. However, because of the youth of Booker and Aiden, I would not resign cp3 or i would do a sign and trade
0: ding, I, ding. I, that is clearly the right answer this team this offense was so much more exciting with uh with cameron payne playing point and the speed that they were moving and then chris paul whilst i'm sure was a phenomenal like certainly certainly his leadership and veteran presence was wildly important for the sun's team this year like there's there they don't jump from one of the worst teams in the west to one of the best teams in the west uh in one season, one off season, simply because that's just how the world works. Like Chris Paul had a huge influence on that. However, you can't help but notice how different the two teams looked with and without Chris Paul and the
1: results. I would say Natty speak for themselves. Am I wrong? I don't think that you're wrong, but I do disagree with you. I don't think it's Chris Paul's fault that they lost. Like again, Devin Booker was zero for seven from three, and he. Well, wasn't Devin Booker. Training. We talked about this. Devin Booker
0: has broke his face like fifteen different times. Absolutely, in
1: for sure. And Chris Paul like tested positive for COVID and had to go yeah, into protocols. That's and true. Also, oh DeAndre God. Aiden, who is twenty fucking two, was was like tasked with guarding Giannis, who is the most unstoppable guy in the paint in the NBA right now, and he had no backup. Like yeah. So So much was asked of these young sons. And while, yes, Chris Paul, you would have loved to have seen him have like a 40-point game and, you know, like he was the dude that rose to the occasion. That's just not really him, you know? Like, he, yeah, he can do that, but no one else was really helping him that much. And Chris Paul succeeds when he can get other people to help. Like, that's the point God the, the point of the point God is that he elevates the rest of the team. Like, he can close if you need him to, but for the rest of the game, he's trying to get everybody else involved. So, yeah, Devin Booker was fucked up. Still, he was hesitant driving. Like, you, he deferred sometimes. They And they just weren't passing it to him. And all those Jay Crowder open threes where no one was even bothering. Yeah, to- you
0: got to make those.
1: You have to make those, but you also have to wonder why, like, okay, well... They're not paying attention to him at all. We need to use this to try to help Booker, and Booker needs to be more aggressive. Now, you can have, he's had 40 point, he had two 40 point games in this series, and they lost both, I think. Like, that's not his fault. They just didn't end up having enough guys clicking at once. And again, they were winning at halftime the game was 105 to 98 that was the final score if booker makes two threes it's totally a different game you know like if only a few things go differently and that was the case for a lot of these games i feel like there's there's reason to believe that this team as currently constructed with like one more actual starter, and then a backup center who is not Frank the Tank actually could have won this series. So yeah. that's an, that's a good
0: a good place to go to. First off, I want to quickly correct myself. Uh, I was confusing the Lakers or the Clippers series with the Bucks series. Chris Paul played all of the games against the Bucks. He missed the first two games against the Clippers because of the COVID protocol and then came back, um, and then dropped 41 to win that game. Uh, so to win that series. So my apologies there,
1: Chris Paul, Paul, you,
0: you, the narrative of you coming in and just tanking the sun season whilst juicy, uh, is not true, um, but I we do. I, I know
1: Scott Foster was well. It's kind of Foster. Scott now Foster, Scott Foster
0: definitely, playing. definitely did not not have something to do with that, taking the old season. Um, it's interesting. This is a lot of. I saw a lot of Suns fans, and rightfully so. Like I would a hundred percent do this if I were if the Celtics had made it to the finals and lost. Where they were like, you know, <laughs> Devin Booker twenty four, uh, Mikel Bridges twenty five, I think, or something like that. DeAndre eight and twenty two. I think
1: Mikhail um, Bridges is like 22. Also,
0: no, he's 24. Um, but but Cameron was, Payne, I think, is a four-year
1: player. Okay,
0: yeah, Cameron. Oh, Cameron Payne's 26. So, anyways, but they it's were just a like young ass team, right? Now the thing is, and they're like, okay, the Suns will be back, but yes, there were some extenuating circumstances that changed the Thunder. Everyone was like 20 years old when the Thunder made it uh, to the finals, and. That clearly they didn't make it back, and that team blew up. Are you worried, Natty? Would you be worried about this Suns? Like, do you think that this was? Could this Suns team make it back to the finals? Are they like? Are they a piece away? Is I know it's a lot of projection, but like, is there? Are you not worried about this team moving forward and feeling like no? That they're the foundation is there for them to be solid contenders in the West for the foreseeable
1: future. The issue the Suns have right now is that they need more front court depth, Mm. but it's in a league where the type of front court depth you need is different for the playoffs than it is for the regular season. Yes. So like you need Rashid Wallace's, you know, like you need dudes that can defend bigs, but also shoot from outside. The Morris twins. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, Aiton was the only dude over six nine, I think, aside from Frank the Tank on true? the Suns. Wow. It, like Jay Crowder is in there, like playing interior defense because right, that's right. what he had left, you know. Yeah. And like sometimes that works when you're Draymond Green and you're six seven or six eight, and your ass is the size of goddamn <laughs> Jupiter, and you're one of the best <laughs> defensive players who's ever lived. Same with Big Ben Wallace. But right. most people can't do that. And it's unfair to ask them to do that. It's also unfair to ask DeAndre Ayton to do that without backup. So, like, you need, the Suns need identifiable help that almost every team needs. The problem for the Suns is that the brow, Anthony Davis, is also young. And in Mm. seasons when he's not hurt, Mm -hmm. you can almost bank that he's going to go at least to the second round, if not the third round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. Just because that matchup, like hardly any, who can guard Giannis? Well, you know, like maybe Anthony Davis sort of can. That's right. There are very few dudes who can actually legitimately do that. Just like it was with LeBron, you know, are there guys that can guard LeBron? Yeah, sure. But what does guard mean? It doesn't right. mean that you can keep him from winning. It just no, it's just it's slowing it's them down and making down. them slightly less efficient. Exactly. And now that Kawhi is 30 plus and hasn't really shown that he can do that from the small forward position for an extended period of time in the playoffs. Those guys are even more rare. So, yeah. you know, Giannis. Versus Ben Simmons, you still take Giannis, you know, Giannis versus Embiid is an interesting matchup but I also sort of feel like the that's not how they would play each other in a seven game series. Like I don't think the coaches would throw those two at each other unless they had to. Um you like they're the power forwards in the league right now are strangely like the most valuable because no one else can truly match up with them. If you go small, they dominate you inside. If you go big, then they outrun you. They just have mm-hmm. like Giannis plays like a guard who's 6'11.
0: Yeah, I saw someone someone tweet that where it's basically like DeAndre Ayton's doing a great job of making Giannis uh m- like making Giannis make high re-level finishes around the rim. And he's and then it's just like it's a bummer that Giannis can do that. Like, you know, if it was any other right. person. That Aiton's defense, what you would have seen how how that defense was so impactful because of the fact that there are only a handful, like maybe three big people of Giannis's size who Aiton would be guarding who can finish the way that Giannis can
1: and can still put up fifty. When, and guess what? When you're doing that, when you're actually like when Bam Adebayo is mm, is like legitimately guarding Giannis, right. it's exhausting. Right. So he doesn't have anything left for the other end of the court. It is, you're asking them to sacrifice so, so much. And maybe that's one of the reasons why drew was off with his shot because of how hard he was playing on defense. I mean, it looked like he ran 20 miles last night. He
0: He was, he he was booking it every time they were on that court. I do want to, I want to also give a shit ton of love to Monty Williams. Uh, Oh, because yeah. he, he had, I mean, not only is he just like a stand-up person and, and coached a hell of a series, but also he had like, after his postgame co- press conference, he got really emotional and just like, it was a very touching moment. And then he went into the uh, uh, Bucks locker room and kind of just like congratulated them personally. Uh, and it's just like, again, it is I personally, I am a big fan of it, it, I think one of the reasons, again, why this was such a desirable and such a must-watch NBA series and finals is just because it, it put so many different people who you're just not used to seeing in that kind of primetime spotlight totally. into that primetime spotlight. And it made the country fall in love with Giannis. It made me, and I'm sure many, 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 many other people fall in love with Monty Williams. And it's just like that is why – it was such a good finals. It was so much better than just Dude, seeing the retreads over and over and over again.
1: Fell in love with DeAndre Ayton. Fuck yeah. Luca. Fuck
0: Trey. Who got <laughs> here first? Are you kidding me? Like the man who stars
1: in M Night Shyamalan's movie Old. Yeah, I mean there are dudes that look like they're forty three year old men, and <laughs> you know, and, like and Ayton is one of them. Abs he absolutely is and it's not a slight it's just like no. you have always looked like a grown ass man and <laughs> i who am way older than you almost 20 years <laughs> older than you I'm like i look like i'm getting to puberty it, <laughs> it, it's, it's just around the corner it's not just like what he looks like it's also how he conducts himself like he Mm. didn't freak out at all none of these motherfuckers have been there before except for jay and like they he lost like devin booker panicked devin booker if if the suns had won we would be talking about devin booker's 40 point games as that's the Mm. holiness you know it's like this He has arrived now. Everyone's fallen in love with Devin. Like, you know, we're not, he doesn't want us to talk about him and Kobe, but it's like, you know, guys that can score like that, especially from the mid range, also two guards scoring like that is rare. It's, you know, we would have been talking about him. We would have been talking about Aiton. We would have been, everyone would have been talking about CP three. Like I do feel like the country would have been just as happy with Chris Paul winning. Like Maybe. He, they would have been more insufferable about it. I like who who hates Chris Paul. I mean, I know he's a micromanager, and I know that he's not really like the dude that plays with joy. Like sometimes <laughs> during, the game. like even the also last he's also he also, that, ha, he also has does, some some dirty tendencies. Yo, you try playing professional basketball when you're quote unquote six feet tall. You That's know, true. Like, That's true. He's out there playing at a disadvantage. And also, that's true. It's anyways. So, wait a second. You asked me about the Sun. So, what do you think about their future?
0: I think that's, I mean, I think you brought up a lot of good points. I do think that big help for them is big, like that that they do need to. I think, first of all, you, I think you let CP3 go. There's already rumors uh, swirling around that the Lakers want to get one of cp3 or russell westbrook which is just like please god go get russell westbrook i russell westbrook lebron james anthony davis andre drummond spacing would just give me so much pleasure uh in trying to watch that team try to operate it, it would just be absolutely glorious uh so i think that i think the suns you know you say thank you C- chris paul um i think chris paul also probably wants to go i have no idea uh I I'm not I'm not sold that this team is is like locked in ready and loaded for constant Western domination. Uh Agreed. because because if you look at the the Western Conference, like I also don't think the Jazz are like, but I think the Nuggets, the Mavericks are only going to get better. Fingers crossed. Well, they have Jason Kidd as their head coach, so God yeah, knows what could happen. I, they don't, have know. Uh, I Jesus don't know. I don't
1: know. I could see them. Sort of fallen out. Be- yeah, they really because did. what you're saying is that the West is so tough, and it will be resurgent next year.
0: Right. right? Well, just think like your your staples are going to be back. The Lakers are going to be better. The Warriors, presumably, will, I feel like the Warriors are going. I mean, they've already said that they're shopping James Wiseman, so I feel like the Warriors are making want to are going to be aggressive this offseason and getting back into a, a finals um, contender. The Trailblazers, who knows what they're going to look like. The Clippers are if everyone stays there also going to be uh real contenders yeah you know i like i, I think my biggest my biggest worry with the suns is just like unless you can find an, another clear veteran presence or or just another someone else uh, I, i'm just worried that these young guys if you have any kind of regression from the young guys what does this team look like but sure they won 50 games and does that need to happen? No, like they could, you know, you could be a high forties team or a low forties team and still, you know, be, be good. I mean, that's the bucks were 46 wins last and went on to win the finals. So, uh, you know, you don't need to be putting up big winning percentages to, to see. I think, I think they are, I'll say this, I'll say this um, because I'm definitely rambling. What I'll say is that, I think the Suns will experience a pretty severe finals hangover. Um, I don't know if that is not even making the playoffs or being bumped from, you know, being all out of the heat and, and getting swept in the playoffs. But I do think that like, I think the Suns are going, it's going to take a couple of years for the Suns to recover from this and get back to the point where they're like, we're talking about them as a finals contender again. That's what I would say.
1: So historically you're absolutely right. Aside from the Warriors versus LeBron, like yeah. most of the time when a team loses in the finals, they don't make it back the next year. And, you know, it's more of like a five-year project, you know? Right. Like the Spurs didn't win three in a row. You know, it's like you, you have a down year afterwards and then you try to build back up. Um, the Suns have a lot of elite competition in the West. They also have a lot of talented youth in the West, yeah. like the Pelicans, you know, like, yeah. and so, I mean, the trade that I would sort of want to see for Phoenix Ooh. to get to address this is like, but it would never happen. But I kind of like the idea of Julius Randall for CP three, and mm. you get Orange Julius to toughen up the front court yeah. while also being a distributor and a guy that can score when your other scorers are sitting on the bench. And then Chris Paul gets to lead the resurgence of the Knicks. But the Knicks love Julius. I mean, they he was an incredible player this year. He's 26, 27 maybe. Right. I mean, his age does align better with the Suns but Chris Paul is so much older
0: but the Knicks need a the Knicks that the Knicks are also so I I can see them easily is if that if that trade was ever presented to them they just how like ownership operates there's it's so uh,
1: uh media and 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 um you know like not marketing. I mean it definitely has been it's like what does the New York post think about this but since Leon Rose and the new uh, dudes have come into the front office, it seems like they've been smarter. Well, I'm, I'm saying more so that it's uh superficial, like
0: it's just about it's appearances appearance based. Yeah. So we're like, I think they could love the be like, Oh my gosh, we are, we're riding this wave where we were a playoff team. And now we get Chris Paul to be the face of the Knicks as we like try to put, make it deeper. into. So, like, I could see them being like, yes, throw all the chips in Chris Paul is like, we're going to, New York fans are going to love Chris Paul and, and there'll be so many CP3 jerseys and it's just, it's going to be exactly what New York wants and have that be a little bit blinding over the like, Julius Randall might be actually better for us long-term.
1: I also feel like Chris Paul has proved that he is a help for your team. Overall, oh my God, yeah. In terms of education. Yes. Like, he changed Aiton's career. He yes. changed Booker's career. The fact yes. that they got to play with it—it's like USA. He changed SGA's program. career back in back in Oklahoma. Oh, absolutely, like he's such a good teacher. And even though he's a taskmaster, he he is able to teach the young players how to actually succeed. And he's generous with his teaching. So it's right. like. You know, like in football, like the quarterback doesn't want to teach the backup. You know, Favre, infamously, didn't want to have anything to do with the I other just... guy whose name won't be mentioned. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. Oh, oh, sorry, and sorry, sorry. Also sorry. Also yes, the other guy. Forever. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> They're always with this goddamn quarterback drama. I don't give a shit about that team. Anyway, <laughs> like CP3, you would think that he's more valuable for a team that's trying to win the finals. But I almost wonder whether it's opposite. Like, should he be up back in new Orleans with Zion? Oh, it just you know, like, should, should he be a dude that you are willing to pay a hell of a lot of money to, to help you grow the other young players? Yeah. You know, Like if the Pistons were like, Hey man, like, we just want you to help us get better or uh-huh. the or you know like name anybody the kings um or or something crazy where it's like dallas is like the playmaking with you and luca exponentially increases our ceiling so like you know do the Suns want christophs maybe i don't know that would be sort of interesting more interesting than a lot of other destinations but cp3 we have seen over the last four years it's a dude with value even when he's getting paid more than you'd like him to be so mm-hmm. i do feel like if the sons who are led by a guy in the gm's office right now james jones who seems to know what he's doing
0: yeah like oh yeah i don't who, think people like gave a lot of shit to because they were like oh he just got signed because he's lebron's friend Right, and
1: then immediately made a trade with the Lakers, where the Lakers won that trade. But right, but it's like
0: pretty a pretty he did a pretty good job. I I would actually should really say like an exceptional job building this roster. Would a
1: sign and trade for Kuzma make sense?
0: Well, Kuzma's going
1: going to Washington for Russell Westbrook. Right, I forgot. Sorry. Even though he should come home to the Pistons, but like, there's uh, there are trades out there that makes sense i think even for teams that don't think that they're legitimate contenders right now like there's very few i think there are fewer teams that wouldn't like chris you know like memphis yes yes doesn't you know jaws there like you don't that's redundant if you were toronto wouldn't you rather keep Kyle Lowry than trade for CP three? Like if you're Boston, wouldn't you rather keep Jalen than trade for CP three? Oh my
0: God. Yes. Get out of here. Jalen's not going anywhere.
1: What about the nets with Joe Harris on, you know, not a big contract, but like, uh, you know, a legit one and they send something else. Uh, or what about Cleveland? Well, what
0: they've about- been talking about moving Sexton. Sexton's getting some buzz to have, of, being on the market.
1: And maybe K Love too. Yeah. And, finally get out know, from under that contract. Right. And then you sort of add to front court depth. I, I just feel like we should not underestimate how valuable Chris Paul is to NBA teams after what's happened over the past four years. Totally. Because people I agree. keep taking him and they keep yep. getting better. The yep. fact that the fucking Suns went to the finals
0: is insane. Is insane. <laughs> It should not be over. It should not be underplayed. With Um,
1: Chris Paul, a guy who always gets injured. A guy who always gets injured.
0: Uh, Natty, before we go, I just wanted to really solidify Giannis's greatness for you because I know we haven't spent enough time on it. Sure. Uh, Three players in NBA history, along with Giannis, have recorded in a regular season, average 25 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, five assists per game, and one block and one steal per game. Can you name any of them?
1: Uh yes, but I'm just gonna let you list them rather than having dead air while I think about it.
0: <laughs> okay. Kareem Abdul Jabbar did it in 95 96, uh 75 76. It would be incredible if it was 95. I mean, if he 96. did that in the 90s, good <laughs> yeah. for you, Kareem.
1: By the way, 50 years since the Bucks won with Lou Alcinder, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, at Oscar. Yeah. That's also awesome.
0: Larry Bird did it in 84, or 85. Who cares? And uh, the third person didn't do it. Giannis did it in eighteen, 19. 50 points. Third, only that? three players. Only three players in the NBA have done oh, yeah. it. And Giannis is two of them or four, play, you know, four times it's happened and Giannis Dude, is twice. And
1: like all the Shaq comparisons. It's so it's him, like the fact of the matter is that if it had been almost any other team in the Suns, their interior defense would have been stronger. And so some of these stats wouldn't have occurred, but you scoreboard. This is what happened. This is what the finals had for us. Giannis had 50 points last night. CP three had 26 points. No one else scored 20 or more. No one. That's how you judge greatness. Chris Paul's 97 years old. Okay. And he was the second leading scorer in a closeout game where they absolutely needed to win. And it's like, no one has really talked about how Devin Booker disappointed because of the 40 point games and because his face was broken up by Pat Bev. And there's all these other reasons. The Suns didn't lose this series. The Bucks won it again the Suns were winning at halftime, even though it seems nuts. Like, they could have won that game. They played well. Monty Williams is a great coach. And the Bucks with Giannis, just had enough to become legend. And, I mean, this performance by Giannis is more impressive than anything, I think, since LeBron destroyed the Pistons in that overtime period. Like, this is the most impressive run by someone in 10 years
0: agreed agreed and we will leave it at that uh make sure you subscribe to the fate teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts itunes spotify stitcher that's how you'll not only get us but also our fantasy baseball show which drops the occasional episodes you want to make sure you tune in follow us on twitter at the long two podcast and natty we might talk next week. We might not. But uh, until then, stay safe,
1: my friend. Be healthy and, yeah, take a deep breath. Take a nap. Take Go a nap. A spa, you know, like, yeah. relax, stretch. Basketball is over, but uh, there will still be, I'm the sure. draft action, is next week. Jesus By Christ. the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, like, come on. This has been such a long two years. And hats off to you. And to everybody else that's diehard NBA fans, like this was a long two years. It really yeah. was. And uh, now we're on the other side of it. And Giannis, one of the only guys who has MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, a finals, and Finals MVP. It just majestic.